T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Todd Feinberg. It's Todd Feinberg. Monday through Friday, 3 till 6 on WTIC News Talk 1080. You want to hear a uh, another stunning admission by an elected governor? It's a, it's just incredible when they tell the truth. And they have their moments. It, uh, <laughs> this one is Ned Lamont. And I think he tells this truth because he likes to differentiate himself. Like somehow he's different from the people who created the mess that we live in today. But, of course, he does everything he can to perpetuate the um, the mess. Anyway, listen to this admission from Jolly Ned. The taxpayers of the state of Connecticut picked up an awful lot of unfunded liabilities. Huh? The taxpayers of the state of Connecticut picked up an awful lot of unfunded liabilities. An unfunded liability is a commitment that politicians make to state workers, to their unions, in exchange for votes and election rigging schemes that you have to pay. They don't put the money away. They're supposed to put the money away, but they don't put the money away because they want to use the money to buy votes right now, not put it away so the the election rigging scheme they already enabled with the unions can be properly funded. So it's a double whammy. Things that we thought were going to pay for themselves, let's say pensions, for example, that didn't end up paying for themselves. Well, they would have paid for themselves if they had been funded, the unfunded liabilities. The the reason they don't, well, of course, that's true. They wouldn't have paid for themselves. It's a ripoff either way. But the, the utter disaster that was created by the commitments that political people made to state worker unions was made all the worse because the politicians refused to do what they had said they would do. Because putting that money away to pay for those commitments, the retirements of the workers, would have meant that they couldn't make everything look as beautiful as they made it look by stealing that money. So they stole that money to affect their own reelections quietly, smugly laughing at you that you didn't realize what they were doing. 860-522-9842. Isn't that a beautiful thing to think about, huh? It should be criminal, but of course it can't be criminal because the criminals are the ones who make the laws, which is also criminal. 860-522-9842. Rant line number. We'll do those in an hour. 751-4698. The great Mark Christopher is in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. He's watching the commute and 
Did everyone stay home today, Mark? It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC, what's happening? Thursday weekend, fast approaching, cold weather, fast approaching. What are you going to do? 860-522-9842. Kim in Cromwell. Wait a second. Um, Hello there, I, Kim. Uh, just listening to the uh, previous caller on the rent stuff, mm-hmm. um, nobody, of course, likes a high rent um, there. But I think one of the problems with well, our... The landlords system, do. Right, yeah. Um, is why this approach with rent control is misguided is because... Um, it will result in landlords being more lazy and keeping up property because, don't forget, they still have to pay their property taxes and whatnot, and if declining money is coming in, they won't be able to do that. In turn, that may lead to gentrification um, if this is forced on the state and only those who can actually really afford to live here, those are the people that would be catered to. The great difficulty with all our social problems in society is that they all become industries for other people to work at. And their goal is never to solve the problem, but to actually keeping it going between the prisons, the schools, the, the bureaucracy of either trying to get medical help or legal help or whatever. And it's very sad that they typically exploit people of color and really impoverished folks to be trapped in this and not allow avenues to migrate out. For instance, in the prison. What makes you think they? Uh, what makes you think they have a preference for who they imprison in permanent poverty? Isn't anybody eligible? Anybody but be eligible. But I would say it's more geared towards people of color based on certain behaviors presented. One is to appeal to them as if they're their friend and that they can, it's just about getting votes. And so you sort of sound nice to them. And then there's the whole thing, elect me, I can cure everything um, there. But I, I think it has to do with an, a certain degree of hidden racism to keep them locked in that system so that they can't stand up on their own two feet. Well, it's certainly racist by the current definition of the term, which which is so uh, we use so broadly and loosely that there isn't really any definition except maybe skin color being around. But but the um, the fact of what you're saying that they use the systems to entrap people certainly. That's what they're incentivized to do. That's what those yeah, systems are Yeah, that's where the incentive is all around. I mean, the, the, they were just talking about the, uh, the prison stuff. You know, there actually is a program that is geared towards them. It's called the Job Corps, and I think the three or four offices in the state, that takes the disaffected to get them back in. The problem is it's not widely publicized. You don't see these brochures at, say, any of the human service agencies. You don't see any council going towards it. It does have its bureaucracy in terms of narrow age limits. But, again, it's, they don't want people to get into some kind of skill or education. It's rather to keep the revolving door of yes. little roadblocks going along because it creates 
jobs for people. It does, and and the structure has to uh, keep itself fed. Kim, thank you so much for the call. It's good to talk with you. 860-522-9842. Joining us now is Thomas DiLorenzo from the Mises Institute. He is a purveyor of the Austrian School of Economics, I believe is the... uh, the right way to say it. And, and that's, a, you know, that's a very powerful thing because it has to do with the liberty-based system that we seek. Thomas, thank you for being here once again. I'm pleased to be with you again, Todd. So what is it about the, the um, Austrian School of Economics that, uh, that resonates for you? Give us, a, give us a short version of that so people can have a handle to grab onto. Uh, well, it's, it's a, the, uh, there's a tradition of scholarship in, in trying to understand how markets work, period, and uh, and how governments don't. And so it's sort of interdisciplinary. It's always been involved in the study of government and government action, government policy, and also uh, human action. And in fact, the most famous book in the, the Austrian School of Economics is called Human Action. It was written by uh, a man named Ludwig von Mises with the Mises Institute. Is uh, mm-hmm. named after, and he was uh, he was the uh, preeminent critic of socialism in the 20th century, and, uh, and he taught at New York University for many years, and he produced uh, PhD students. Although the, there was so much bias against him and people like him, that he was always funded. His salary was funded by private donors, mostly uh, businessmen. Wait, where was uh, the bias against him? Well, New York University. Um, he, he 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 fled Nazi Germany, yeah, uh, because he was he was a critic of not only communism but German fascism. Mm-hmm. So when the Nazis took over, he had to get out of town. Plus, he was Jewish, and so um, he was you know, a marked man. And he left literally hours before the Gestapo broke into his apartment and stole all of his remaining property. And, uh, and he, he, uh, he made it somehow to New York City. And, uh, and there were some business people in New York who knew who he was, knew all about him. And they got him an office at New York University. And they paid his salary until he died in uh, 1973. And, uh, sort of, but, but he was, uh, you know, he wrote a famous book called Socialism that explained why in 1922, explain why, um, you know, the economics of why socialism could never work as a viable economic system. And, you know, we fast forward uh, all those decades later, and the whole economics profession, which argued with him all those years, finally said, uh, well, he was right all along. And we, when we saw the worldwide collapse of socialism in the late 80s and early 90s. But so, I, not to Austin take anything away from that regard. Not to take anything away from him, but socialism doesn't make any sense. If you understand human nature and understand the power of incentives and how anything that anything that provides the opportunity for government to grow is going to lead to more government growth and and an increased desire on the part of government to grow itself and and increased power to do it. Like that's a bottomless pit. I don't see how it how it can work except for brief periods of time where it's, the damage being done isn't visible. Yeah, well, it works for brief periods of time because what socialism is always, always about uh, eating up the resources that were created by previous generations of entrepreneurs and investors and workers and everybody else. In fact, um, the last several chapters of Mises' famous book, 
uh, socialism, he discusses what he calls destructionism. And he said in his day, and this is 1922, he said uh, socialist countries anywhere, wherever they've been, are first and foremost want to destroy existing society and then supposedly start over and create some sort of utopia. And that, I think, is exactly what we're seeing right now today in our country with, uh, with what's going on with the federal government right now. Uh, they tried to destroy the energy industry and, and the and transportation and food and and, and so forth. And and what why the name what of, is their uh, motivation for wanting to ruin everything that works? They want to ruin what exists so that they can take over and have a planned society with themselves being the planners. You know. Yeah, but isn't that doesn't that description miss the mark a little bit? Don't they just want to control everything and they and and destruction? is a great way to just to uh, have more power shift to government because you can point at the problems and say, we're the only ones who can fix this. And citizens are inclined to agree. Yeah, well, uh, you know, socialism, socialism really is, is the, the, uh, the eradication of uh, the idea that individuals can make plans for their own lives and a group of government planners will impose one social plan on everybody towards everybody to do something in a uniform way, mm-hmm. and that's whether it was Soviet socialism or any other kind. And it's, it's always the same kind of a gang. They have this people that have this compulsion to order other people around and force you, not persuade you, but force you to live like they want you to live. And that's always been what socialism has been all about, although it has always had to have some sort of academic or intellectual cover and so there are a lot of, a lot of uh, academics over the decades that have been excuse makers for socialism. And they're usually rewarded, of course, with high-paying government jobs, uh, being advisors to presidents or, or members of the legislature, given endowed chairs at universities and so forth uh, because of government funding. And so that, that's why people like Ludwig von Mises and the Mises Institute have been fighting the intellectual battle, which has to be done. Uh, because it's the only way to uh, to, to resist this. Uh, We're talking to violence. Thomas DiLorenzo. He's from the Mises Institute. And can you um, is there a, a particular point at time of time at which you you see that this destroy American liberty and destroy the American system of government really took off, or has it been a constant from the beginning of our country? Uh, well, there's always been some version of, uh, even from the, the very beginning of, um, of our country, the great debates between Jefferson and Hamilton. They weren't about socialism, but Hamilton and his party, the Federalist Party, wanted a much bigger government, basically unlimited in powers as long as good people like Alexander Hamilton were in charge. That basically was his philosophy. And Jefferson and his followers were, were pretty much the opposite. They Jefferson once said that government needed to be bound by the chains of the Constitution, or one of his favorite sayings. And so we've always had this tug of war between people who advocate maximum freedom in the versus you know more government. But would, more tell government me about your view of freedom for you. Tell me about your view of Hamilton. Do you think he was disinterested in the uh, protecting of liberty, or was he just so in love with the idea of banking and having a a central banking system to play with that that clouded all his vision. 
No, he wasn't. He was not. A, he was, you know, he was a brilliant man, of course, and uh, he was not in favor of liberty. And when, when the Constitution was ratified, uh, he he, sto- he he condemned it. He called it a frail and worthless fabric because it didn't create a big enough government uh, to mm-hmm. suit his purposes. And so uh, he was a, he he was a, he was an, I consider him to have been an enemy of liberty. Did he have yeah, trouble he, getting uh, getting along to... with the? How did he have relationships with those who were working towards a liberty-based system? Well, well, Jefferson, uh, I think, hated him. Jefferson feared him uh, also because mm-hmm. he was brilliant, and and he had a, and he was and he had a political party behind him. And he had some very wealthy people behind him. His benefactor was uh, Robert Morris, who was the wealthiest man in America during that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know Philadelphia businessman, and, and and that's that's who he was sort of uh, representing when he when he was in politics, and uh, and so he he basically wanted to reimpose the old British system, British economic system that was called mercantilism. Mm-hmm. It was basically government uh, for big corporations by big corporations, and of big corporations such as they were during his day. And his that's why his enemies in politics, like Jefferson, were been opposed to that. They just fought a revolution to escape that kind of system. When Hamilton's idea was basically, yeah, it's a bad system if you're on the paying end, but if you're on the collecting end, in the in the controlling end, it's, it's a good deal. <laughs> if you were one of the few sitting on top of the mountain. Yeah. All right, Thomas, we've well, got to well, wrap it up there because we're out of time. Good to be the king. It is. Okay. It's great to talk with you. Thank you for connecting, and and then let's do it again next week if you can. Okay. Take care. Thomas DiLorenzo from the Mises Institute, M-I-S-E-S, Mises Institute. I think it's Mises.org, if I'm not mistaken, and you can check it out. It's uh, Austrian School of Economics and and a lot of the backbone of having liberty-based society. It's fascinating to me talking about socialism because socialism, the more I look at socialism and communism, these things are, are flimsy covers for let us just plunder you blind. There is no system that exists other than a liberty-based system. And the arguments are only about uh, how far some people want to take you away from liberty at the start. 8605229842. Rant line number 7514698. And Mark Christopher in the BTS Lawyers Traffic Center. Any problems develop, Mark? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Never miss a moment. Go listen to the Todd Feinberg Podcast on the Odyssey app.
We can talk about whatever you wish. We are free. This half hour, 860-522-9842. Let's just chat about what's on your mind. Pretend you're the talk host. You can pitch the subject. I often feel that would be a good format, fun thing to do. You know, just like uh, everybody who wants to host, say, an hour of the show, gets to throw their uh, their name in a hat and we pick one out each week, something like that. What do you think? Anyway, let's do it right now. Call in and, and uh, what do you want to propose for an idea? What, what have you been mulling? What do you sit there listening, thinking, oh, why don't they talk about this? What are we missing? Everybody here has their own, you know, everyone on the air has their own uh, things they like to focus on. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hung up on system of government stuff and, and how the structures that have been created are, are designed to make sure government is as expensive and uh, miserable as possible. And they're really good at that. But, you know, that's just me, and there's lots of other ways of looking at things, different ways to take the same inputs, the same ideas, and, and uh, view them differently. Paul and Canton. Hi, Paul. Hi. Thanks for taking my call this afternoon. I'm not sure that I have a, a new topic per se, but I've, I'm just going to reinforce this idea that the government is lying to us regularly. And I want to use two international uh, humanitarian crises uh, as a comparison. So for, even forgetting the disaster in our own backyard in Ohio, which is where our national focus ought to be and not in Ukraine. But in comparison to that, there are somewhere in the order of magnitude of 50,000 dead people in Turkey right now, in Syria, I suppose, if we if we look at the, the region. And You're talking about the, uh, the earthquake. The, the events of last week, yeah. Yeah, it's not even on the news anymore. Nobody cares. And when Russia invaded Ukraine a year ago, it was on the news constantly. And that's when we, we learned to um, and still, the capital. just right. this week, we had the president going over there and, and trying to divert our attention back to it. That's a really interesting point that you're making there, Paul. Hold on a sec. We've got to get a traffic update in. And then we can hear more of your ideas. That's fascinating. 860-529-842. Yep, it's Mark Christopher time, BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark. Now, back to the Don Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, we're talking to Paul from Canton. Sorry we had to interrupt your thoughts, but thank you for waiting around, Paul. Yeah, no, I'm glad to, and um, and thanks again for taking my call. So my point was that <clears throat> we are being lied to by our government, and in uh, one example I gave, which was international, is the area of Turkey and Syria, which is just completely devastated, 50,000 dead people, so but it gets, Lord only it, knows. Yeah, th so there's no focus there, you said, but there's all this focus on the war on in Ukraine. Ukraine. And, and why do you think that is? What do you think that, why do, why do you think the federal government wants us so focused on Ukraine? Well, 
I'll I'll tell you, and then I'll give you another more local example, because guessing why they're lying to us is really tough. But I do think that in the example of the Ukraine, it has everything to do with the military machine that you've been referencing over the last couple of days. All right. Tell us the local example, then. So there's a uh, uh, because think about how much money we're spending right on that that's going over to Ukraine that funds all that all the warfare, mm-hmm. and here locally, I think that if you look at the most recent news on the rental uh, uh, caps, right? passing mm-hmm. passing a state measure that would uh, put restrictions yeah, on how much uh, landlords could raise rent. So just an absolutely ludicrous idea. Um, And I say that because of two things. One is the last thing we want is the government involved in anything. It's going to cost more. It's going to make it messy. It's going to make it ineffective. And, you know, when I was young, I had to rent places. And I needed help. I got help from family, from friends. But... Uh, the one time I needed help was when my apartment was like a rat infested, cockroach infested, just a nasty dump, right? Like, oh my God, I can't live like this. Where was that? And there was, um, it was in the city of Middletown. Okay. And there was no one to go to. There was no protection for me as a tenant. Now, there's a great place where the state could step up and say, hey, this is a, an incident where we need to have someone um, clean up this place or provide better housing. But why? You're, now it sounds like you're falling into the let's trust government trap. No, because I'm, what I'm saying is that that's an area where like someone's getting, you know, really getting it put to them and they have nowhere to turn, right? Kind well, of all, all you have to do is stop well, paying your rent. Let you pay, stop my, paying your rent, get evicted. Okay, so if I stop paying my, my rent, then I'm going to get evicted or, or in trouble for that, right? So what I'm saying is rather than having the government dictate what the market should dictate as far mm-hmm. as rents go or what people are willing or not willing to pay, what instead I'm saying is there are some areas where – if someone's back is up against the wall and they have nowhere else to turn, they may need, you know, what do you do when you're robbed? You have to call the police. You have to call the government, right? But so, the, the trouble with what you're suggesting is that government can be a help without the, there being an enormous price. But you've already described how the government can't be trusted because the government is this machinery that usurps the authority of the individual rather than aid it. And any little any little chance you give the the camel's nose to get under the tent you're going to be sorry about it is a conundrum uh, yes for sure i'll grant you that because we're be- so my point to at least to the local story is all right even if we're going to continue to get it put to us i'd rather have the local government be out there uh, attending to those who are calling for help, right, saying, hey, my apartment is um, in such a condition that I can't live in it anymore, instead of saying to landlords, all right, well, we're going to dictate what you can and cannot increase your rent. Like, I heard this sob story. Some woman got on, and she she was crying that her 
somebody she knew or the rent went from 900 to 1100 and so she had to move out and then she had to move in with a friend and her kid was sleeping on the couch with somebody else and I thought to myself yeah no kidding that's exactly how I lived when I was young and you know what that did that made me work really hard because <laughs> I well, got that's hungry the, so that's the answer you have that answer right. or you have let's let's build a continuously growing infrastructure of government driven charities funded yes. by force by the people who's have who are having their money taken from them by a government that keeps making their lives more expensive and and so they're dragging more people down into these safety nets that you're suggesting they should build all the time and therefore there's because of that conflict of interest that the beneficiaries of big government are the people who live inside of big government then you can never have a successful model for having the government take care of people. Charity has to be outside of government so that the charities can can uh, require donations from individuals rather than have those donations given by force. Well, there's got to be some point where uh, when there's conflict between two people, it's... Uh, well, that's what court else. is for. But that's right. different well, that, from having a government. program of resolving people's issues. Yeah, but that's government. Oh, right? I, <laughs> well, you're <laughs> you're making the argument circular. To me, the issue is, and thank you for the call, Paul. It's it's really a good conversation. This is why you can't succumb to temptation. When rent goes $200 more than what you can afford, you either find a way to afford the rent or you move out and find a cheaper place. And that's market-driven like everything else. And markets, we know, are the best way of resolving any issue. Do we not? 860-522-9842. Fred's calling from Middletown. Hi, Fred. Yeah, hey, if I understood you correctly a minute ago, you put out a solicitation of, like, how could you make this show better and i'd say keep doing whatever you're doing you're really getting it done i'm so thankful for wtic from uh six to nine i'm a big dana lash fan i think she's a great talent but the local i mean you guys are so getting it done you have such great guests you they give they leave it all at the plate you know you like let people talk you're actually almost breaking i think there's this like you know two minutes of calling saying, you know, you're really getting it done, you Shattuck, and uh, in the morning, too. Just the sports guy, that Matt Royce, he's such a sports nut. I, like, listen to him for, like, his take <laughs> on sports. But, yeah, uh, real quick, the um, those rent checks, they kill low-income housing. I, I don't know this from my own, but I've heard it stated with absolute authority right here in Rockville, Connecticut. You used to be able to get, like, $400 a month action, then the government starts spitting out $800, and all the landlords raise the bottom line up to eight, and the 400 dies. Yeah, very simple. Yeah, well, I guess, uh, I guess it is. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that was, yeah. All right, that's my call. Thank you. Thank you for that, Fred. All right, George. I did cut you kind of short there. I was under some time pressure. Was there something yeah. else you wanted to say? Yes. I don't understand why these people are complaining about the rent. That is capitalism at its best. If the landlord has expenses and they want to up the rent 5%, 3%, 10%, 20%, God bless them. That's how it works. 
Agreed. That's how, that's how the economy works. If you don't have the uh, the communists around, who are always looking for a way to so, grow government uh, and ingratiate no, themselves. No, no, communism has nothing to do with this. Yes, it does. I, I don't understand why you, you keep putting communists and socialist people in. Well, is, why? Tell me where you think I'm wrong. That is capitalism at its best. If I want to charge $200 a month for rent... No, no, I'm I, agreeing I, with you. George, don't make the point again, please. I agreed with your point. What I said is the other people who want to grow government come, come in and start sniveling on behalf of people who can't afford it and start forcing you to pay higher taxes so they can give people checks for their rent. I don't see where higher taxes come into this. Oh, my God. Higher taxes come into everything, George, if government is involved. If government is wanting to uh, force landlords into freezing their rent, that's going to create a crisis, a housing crisis, which is what they want. They love creating a crisis. They never get blamed for it. They never get blamed for the crises they create. And everything they do leads to crisis. Again, let me remind you about the wonderful benefactors in big government who gave you student loans. The slithering, weeping, pretending to care about people, big government crowd, that created the student loans in the first place, did it because it was going to help people. And now, now they want government bailouts of this crisis they created. And it is a crisis. It's a liberal-created crisis. Progressives created the student loan crisis. Oh, school is too expensive. So what happens? They start giving people cheap loans. You flood the marketplace with increased demand. Colleges start, can charge whatever they want. They astronomically increase their tuitions on a regular basis. It's stunning how much ahead of inflation colleges run. And they do that because the government pays them to. And the government pays them to by conning people into taking out these reduced rate student loans as if college is delivering such a great product that everybody should get it. And then those very same people run around and say we need a bailout of stunning proportions because the student loans are crushing people and crushing the American family, which is true. The part that's missing is for the average citizen who votes to realize that this is the scam with everything government does. Everything they do is the same. It's remarkable. And and the conspiracy that um, a couple of callers ago, I forgot his name now, was referring to, um, that's, that's really what government is up to. I mean, they're conning us all the time, making a big deal out of things, some things, and ignoring other things. So why is it, do you think, 
Why is it, do you think, that Ukraine is so important to the American government that we spend billions of dollars and the earthquake in uh, Turkey and Syria of no consequence? Keep it out of the news. Why? What, what do you think is going on there? Listen to, um, I love listening to Ayn Rand. We, we don't do it enough. She's the author, if you don't know the name, Ayn Rand. She wrote some best-selling books uh, 60 years ago. That uh, Novels that featured characters who were, uh, who were fighting in favor of, of a, a system of government like the American system of government and against the plunderers who control the state of Connecticut today. Listen. I feel that this country is being destroyed by its philosophy, specifically by its universities. The most dangerous thing in this country today are the universities because they're teaching the kind of ideas that would necessarily have to lead to the destruction of this country. Now, that was Ayn Rand speaking in, I believe, 1979, talking to Tom Snyder, doing an interview with him. You remember Tom Snyder? She's so on the mark. I think that the American people is too good for that kind of program. You notice that the people are turning to the right. That's a very healthy sign, but there is no leadership on, on the right. There is no intellectual leadership. There are no ideas, uh, and it's very possible that the people will be defeated for lack of proper intellectual leadership. So that's where we are right now. She was, she was predicting it 45 years ago and saying what the problem was, a lack of intellectual ideas. And you notice, I've been saying for years, not like this, but that Republicans don't enunciate what it is that we're fighting for. And I think this is her point, that, and, and that she was totally right. 860-522-9842. We're going to do rants coming up, 860-751-4698, if you want to lay down a rant. And now, Mark. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 